All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365 day returns. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at New Eastern. Welcome into a June 29th edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. We are crawling our way towards a long weekend, both north and south of the border. Tyler Yaremchuk and Mike McKenna with you. And we are in full-on off-season mode, Mike. We got weird hypotheticals. We got rumors to break down. I love this stuff. Yeah, dude, I'm not even going to flex for the camera. I mean, it's this is kind of different stuff. You know, during the season, we've got so many things that come at us so quickly. It's fun to start projecting out and seeing what could potentially happen and trying to take some of those little nuggets that we get from our own Frank Valley and others and connect some dots. And I think we got plenty of that to talk about today. We certainly do. So let's start two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. We're going to get to a report from Frank Frank Saravalli in a couple of minutes. But first, Sportsnet's Elliot Friedman throwing out this morning that Kevin Fiala talks are intensifying and maybe we're inching towards a deal for the Minnesota Wild forward, who is a pending restricted free agent with arbitration rights. Fiala coming off just a tremendous season, 85 points in 82 games. He hit the 30 goal plateau as well, and he's only 25 years old. The Wild can't afford to keep him because they have, what, north of 12 and a half, 13 million dollars committed in dead cap space to Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter. So Fiala is going to move. It's just a matter of where. And there is reportedly a long list of suitors. Mike, my question to you, if you're a team or what teams out there do you think could be interested in acquiring Fiala? Well, quite a few. I mean, it's not often that you have an 85-point player that comes onto the market, 33 goals last year for Fiala. Uh, and he did a lot of that in the second half of the season. He was red hot. Uh, playoffs didn't 
particularly go great for him the last two years. And, you know, I think the Wild are looking at Matthew Boldy to really take a step forward and potentially fill that space. But let's think about these teams. I mean, you look who has cap space, Ottawa, New Jersey, those teams are both at the top of the list. They could easily use Fiala to slide into their lineup to play wing with some of the talented centermen that they both have. And they have the space to do it. Fiala is going to command north of six and a half million dollars, I think, maybe even seven on the open on the RFA market would be logistical for somebody that's going to be locked up to a long term contract. But um, I'll, I'll toss one team out there I'm curious about is the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, they've got two first round picks in 2022. They got 21 million in cap space and they do have to get Patrick Line sewn up, provided he wants to stay there, Adam Boquist. But yeah. that's a team that kind of might be a little sleeper here in the offseason that I've, I've had my eye on. But I think Ottawa and New Jersey, Tyler, would make a lot of sense for Fiala. What about you? Yeah, there's a few teams that I'm interested in. First off, when I was kind of looking through candidates, focusing on teams that are strong down the middle, I think, right? If you're looking to add Mm -hmm. a goal scoring winger like Kevin Fiala, you need to have some talent for him to play with. And one team that hasn't been maybe talked about a ton, but I'm interested in is the LA Kings. You know, they have a Mm -hmm. little bit of money to spend this offseason. Down the middle, they're set. Kopitar, Deneau, and a young Quinton Byfield as well. They're going to be real good down the middle for a while with all three of those guys either locked up or under team control. And they have a pretty deep prospect system as well. So if they wanted to go take a shot at a guy like Fiala, it would certainly make sense. Another team out west, because we've talked a little bit, you mentioned Ottawa, New Jersey, teams in the east. You know, the Seattle Kraken, you know they're itching to make a big splash, and they have a ton of Mm -hmm. draft picks. They maybe don't have the strength down the middle that would allow them to, you know, maybe give a strong sentiment for Fiala to play with. But I think Seattle's itching to make a big splash, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're kind of in on all these Fiala-esque conversations. No question. I mean, see, the Kraken are kind of the big X factor in this offseason. They have so many draft picks that Ron Francis has amassed uh, through some of the moves that he made uh, at this tra- past trade deadline. So I think for every player, it's worth keeping an eye on the Kraken because they've got plenty of cap space and they definitely have a willingness to improve very quickly. And I'll quickly check my Twitter right now. No, no deal for Fiala yet, but we are certainly waiting. Uh, the Bruins head coaching job or the Bruins head coaching search, I should say, could be coming to a close shortly. Our very own Frank Saravalli reporting that there is, you know, kind of some finalists here. David Quinn, the former Rangers head coach, Jay Leach and Penguins assistant Mike Vellucci are believed to be the finalists. Frank says many believe David Quinn is the front runner for the job as well. So it's interesting to see the Bruins Uh, You know, not exactly going with the usual list of retreads, right? These aren't guys who have had three, four, five head coaching jobs before, like we've seen with a few of the other hires around the league. Quinn is the only one who's held a head coaching job Mm -hmm. before. Mike, what do you think of the idea of Quinn being the front runner in Boston? And is he the right man for the job, in your opinion? Well, we'll see. I mean, Quinn, I thought, did a really good job with the Rangers when they were rebuilding and didn't have a lot to work with. You know, the three seasons that he was the head coach, they didn't make the playoffs twice. They went to the to the bubble to play once. And I just I hate to say he didn't get a fair shake because, you know, a new regime comes in in New York and obviously Drury wants to overhaul and put people in place that he thinks is can make that team succeed. I just I thought the time was cut a little short for David Quinn and what he had done there. So uh, he's been a head coach for 25 plus years now with a lot of experience, American League, NHL, college and successful. He's a Rhode Island person. So I, I see why Quinn would be one of the top picks. And, you know, Leach grew up within that system. I, I'm not sure if he's 
quite in line for an NHL head coaching job just yet. But I'd really keep my eye on Mike Vellucci here. Like this is a guy who's won championships everywhere. Two in the North American Hockey League and American Juniors. He won an OHL championship with Plymouth. Uh, He won an American League championship with Charlotte not very long ago. He's been knocking on the door of a head coaching job for a while. So um, that's kind of where I'd handicap the field. I'd say Quinn's probably the strongest candidate out of these three right now. But uh, Volucci could easily slide in if that second interview went very well for him. I wonder if there's maybe a bit of a tandem hire here as well. If they go with Quinn, you mentioned a guy like Jay Leach. You know, is he ready to take on the reins of a full-on head coaching job? Well, maybe it's Quinn is the head guy and Leach comes on as an associate or something like that. But yeah, no surprise. Quinn's been kind of rumored around a few of these jobs uh, that have been available over the past few months as well. For me, if I'm the Bruins and you're trying to stay competitive, I know you mentioned, you know, Quinn maybe dismissed a little early in New York. I look at it and go, you know, they didn't view him as a guy who could get that young core into the playoffs and, you know, kind of finish off the rebuild, get him to the next step. So I wonder a little bit, you know, what do the Bruins see in David Quinn that maybe the Rangers didn't see towards the end of his time there? It'll be interesting, though, to see what does happen in Boston. Again, like the Fiala stuff, that's something that I'll check my Twitter. It, it could be dropping any second now. Uh, that's the offseason around the NHL. Shifting gears a little bit, Mike, you got a piece coming out this weekend. It's not July yet. But when July comes, Christmas in July is the title of your article. And you gave some sort of off-season gifts to a few teams around the NHL. So why don't you give us a little bit of a tease for of one of your gifts? Yeah. And since Friday is Canada Day, we won't have the daily daily face-off show. We yeah. figured this is an appropriate time to, to do so. And I've got a couple of fun ones. In the East, for the Carolina Hurricanes, I gifted them Philip Forsberg. Now, oh. this I don't really know how this is going to work considering... The Carolina Hurricanes have seven players to sign and 19 million bucks to do it. Can it really happen? I don't know, but I think they need to make it happen. Like they need a big time scorer. You got 42 goals on the board. Can you imagine a top line, Tyler, of of Aho? Svechnikov and Forsberg make it happen, Carolina. So I gifted them that and then out out to the West with the Anaheim Ducks. I gave him the gift of Trevor Zegers mic'd up every game. That's purely for the fans out in Anaheim because this rebuild is going to take a couple of years. And I think Zegers has the skill and personality to keep the fans engaged while they're going through that rebuild under GM Pat Verbeek. So if you're playing Santa, Tyler, what are your gifts? I am going to gift the Edmonton Oilers a time machine. And my initial response was, I'm going to gift them a time machine. And they're going to go back. And in 2012, instead of taking Nail Yakupov first overall, they're going to stun the world and take Andre Vasilevsky first overall. But then I remembered a little rule that exists over with our friends at Oilers Nation, Mike. And is that you never mess with anything that happened before 2015. Because mm. all roads led that franchise to Connor McDavid. If you draft Vasilevsky first overall, you've thrown off the whole timeline. You might not get number 97 in 2015. So I'm gifting the Oilers a time machine to go back and take Igor Shesterkin. Can you imagine this Oilers team with that mm. kind of goalie on that kind of contract right now? Probably a cup contender for the next two, three seasons, at least with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Shesterkin. So that's the gift I gave the Oilers is a proper starting goalie. Man, you're making me think of Back to the Future where they remember in the movie where they've got the little Polaroid picture and people keep disappearing and reappearing. That's the effect. Connor McDavid might disappear in that Polaroid held by Marty McFly. You wouldn't want that to happen if you're an Oilers fan. So I like your thinking with Shishjurkin and it shows we need more goalies to go over number one overall, just like Rick DiPietro, our last guy, Mark andre Fleury, both yeah. draft picks that went first overall. 
I knew you'd find a way to bring in the little goalie union talk there. More goalies first overall. Why not? Uh, Mike's yeah. piece will be out on Canada Day. Again, no show for us on Canada Day, but tons of great content going up at Daily Faceoff. Like an article today from Frank Saravalli outlining some potential offer sheet candidates around the NHL last offseason. We actually had a successful offer sheet with Jesperi Kakaniemi going to the Carolina Hurricanes in that weird little revenge thing that was going on between them and the Montreal Canadiens. And what's interesting is the Canes have a player who's on Frank's list in Martin Natchez. And Frank actually talks about how, you know, the Montreal Canadiens have some money to spend here. And if they wanted to go make a splash and get their revenge again on the Carolina Hurricanes, they're actually a pretty intriguing option for a potential offer sheet with Natchez. Uh, there's some other names here on the list. E2 and Rasmus Sandin in Toronto, Noah Dobson, and Jake Ottinger at number five. I mean... Every, we just talked about, you know, how many teams wouldn't love a young, proven kind of number one goalie? We saw what he did in the playoffs. There's a lot of teams who would probably offer sheet Jake Ottinger. I would imagine it would take a lot to get him out of Dallas, though. Mike, out of these five, who kind of catches your attention? Well, Ottinger for sure, because, hey, goalie union, of course, I mean, it is going to take a lot. Like Dallas knows what they have in Ottinger. I, I'd be shocked if they didn't move mountains or take whatever offer sheet. I mean, I think a lot of that's predicated on Robertson needing a new deal as well. That's going to be big in Dallas. But you have to build around goaltending. The homegrown talents don't come along very often. And they haven't had a great track record in Dallas with goalie injuries lately with Holtby and Hudobin and, uh, and Bishop as well. So the one that really kind of caught my eye is Rasmus Sand. And Dean, uh, you know, if if you're willing to give a contract north of four million dollars on a one year deal to Sandine on an offer sheet, like it would only cost a second round pick. And if you're getting a player who's got a pretty high ceiling as a defenseman and the fact that it might also throw a monkey in the throw a wrench into what Toronto Maple Leafs are doing. I don't know, man. That's pretty enticing. Like Sandine catches my eye. Uh, I think Nick Waugh in Vegas too, 39 points. He might be 4 million bucks on the open market or on the RFA market. So that might be a player you can get, but I'd really keep an eye on Sandine, Tyler. Yeah. And I think the outline was kind of given to everyone with that cock and the Emmy situation last year where, okay, you're overpaying for one year, right? Like you mentioned with right. Sandine, he's not worth $4 million right now, but just get him in and then negotiate a long-term deal with the guy. Yeah. And all of a sudden you just got a real good prospect for nothing more than a draft pick. Right. And, and you know, I think that's the key to it. You don't know, you're, you're just trying to get that one year out of the way. And, and if Sandine continues to grow, you know, that might be a value play and, and getting a player that you really like and you're hurting the Maple Leafs in the process. So uh, the one that Frank has on his list, Noah Dobson in New York. Oh, boy, if somebody pulls a fast one on Lou Lamorello, I'd love to see the fallout of that. I wouldn't bank on it, but the chaos factor is so high with that one. Oh, I know. And, you know, the Islanders don't have a lot of money, but at the same time, it's hard to imagine a scenario where an offer sheet comes in for Noah Dobson, who's, you know, already at his age, I think a top pairing D-man. Like there's not many guys putting up 50 points, never mind players under the age of 23 putting up 51 points as a defenseman. You would have to give a lot in that situation. And even then, I just can't see the Islanders going, now nah, we'll take the picks and we'll let, you know, our, our the future of our blue line kind of walk away an offer sheet deal, but some really intriguing names. And I mean, as Frank says, we root for chaos here at Daily Faceoff. And a couple of offer sheets that summer, it would definitely be chaotic. Uh, let's move along now and get to a new edition of the All 32 and welcome in our friend Mike DeFable from Pittsburgh. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Always a pleasure to welcome in our friend Mike DeFabo from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. That's where you can read his work. And it's going to be an interesting offseason here for the Penguins. They jumped ahead and got Brian Rust re-upped earlier on about a month ago. But Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang still sit as unrestricted free agents. Mike, I want you to give me a percentage chance that each of those guys are back with Pittsburgh next season. Well, I think that the likelihood is Chris Letang is more likely. So maybe let's say... 80% with him. Um, and the reasons are numerous there. He His contract year was also a career year for him in some ways. He had 68 points, which was a career best for a guy known for his offensive upside. And uh, beyond just what he does for the Penguins on the ice, it's the fact that they don't have a natural replacement for him. I mean, few teams are going to have a guy who can play 25 plus minutes, quarterback your top power play. Uh, but the Penguins in particular, that's an area, the right side of their blue line, where they're actually pretty thin. Right now. So if you lose him, you're going to have to probably go out and acquire someone who might cost you more than you'd like and is not going to be nearly as good as Chris Letang. So for all those reasons, I think the Penguins find a way to get a deal done with Chris Letang. I'm a little bit less optimistic when it comes to Evgeny Malkin. Um, he's obviously has his place in Penguins history, three times Stanley Cup champion. He's always provided that one two punch along with Sidney Crosby. Um, but that said, his production ever since he got injured in last offseason when he endured a significant knee surgery that included an ACL revision, his production dropped off, especially at five on five. He was still the wizard uh, when he had stagnant situations like on the power play, but he was not nearly as good in transition. Um, and I think the front office is so cognizant of that. In two days, Evgeny Malkin is going to turn 36 years old. You're not going to pay him based on what he did winning those three Stanley Cups. You're going to pay him on what you think he can do, do going forward. I'd say maybe around 60% chance, maybe less for Evgeny Malkin. Um, so it could be a new chapter here in Pittsburgh after having so much continuity for so long. So those are the two big areas or the two big question marks heading into the offseason. Once those two situations are kind of dealt with, Mike, what else is going to be 
kind of a part of the Penguins offseason strategy? What are sort of the goals maybe Hextall and Burke are setting out for the next two weeks here? Well, I think the one area they would want to address is the goaltending situation. So for the second consecutive year, we were sitting here thinking, what would have happened if Casey DeSmith would have stayed in, stayed healthy? Because last year, Tristan Jari faltered. Casey DeSmith had a groin injury. He was unavailable. This year, it was once again, Tristan Jari broke his foot. He was unavailable. It was supposed to be Casey DeSmith's net in the first round of the postseason. Another groin injury. So now he was ineffective at the beginning of the year, injured at the end of the year. He's going to become an unrestricted free agent. You know, the Penguins have learned back-to-back seasons, the hard lessons of what happens when you don't have good goaltending. I know every team in the league would love to have a solid goalie, but I think that shoring up that goaltending position has to be a thing for the Penguins. Not necessarily finding a replacement for Tristan Jari, but if you can find somebody that's a tandem guy and somebody who can alleviate some of that workload, I think that could go a long way. They also have uh, a lot of questions, even within their top six. Um, Ricard Raquel, who they acquired at the trade deadline, he's an unrestricted free agent, but I know the Penguins are interested in him. And then restricted free agent, uh, Kasperi Kapanen is a fascinating case. Uh, Jim Rutherford believed in him enough to draft him and then to give up a first-round pick to reacquire him. He has not lived up to expectations at all. It's going to be a very interesting decision the Penguins have to make in terms of whether you give him uh, a qualifying offer because the qualifying offer is only like 800 something thousand because the deal was front loaded and incentive laden, but no way Kasperi captain plays for that. It could set the stage for a challenging arbitration case. He's a guy who has underperformed. Um, so really there's going to be a tough decision when it comes to him. Yeah. And there's an awful lot to consider with this Penguins team, just because of the cap implications like that you've out- outlined. And I mean, I think of Chris Tang as, the mandatory uh, retention for this club. Like you're just not going to get that type of player, that type of puck moving defenseman uh, without keeping them in house. So I have a, I would definitely put uh, my own preference towards keeping him, but like, let's look at this team. And if you have to make a subtraction, if there's somebody on that back end uh, that maybe doesn't fit, I mean, we've heard Marino's name occasionally tied to trade rumors, even Pedersen. I don't think Mike Matheson's going anywhere. He took steps forward this year, but you know, if, if they, if worse comes to wear for the Penguins and they need that cap room, do you see anybody being moved from this roster? Yeah, the two obvious candidates are Jason Zucker and then you mentioned Marcus Pedersen. We'll start with Pedersen. The left side of the blue line is actually an area of strength for the Penguins. They have Brian Dumoulin, they have Mike Matheson, and Marcus Pedersen. All those guys are lefties who make more than $4 million. They also have plenty of depth there in the organization. P.O. Joseph is a guy you keep hearing knocking on the door as a prospect. He's probably their most NHL-ready prospect. But his path to the NHL is blocked right now by those other guys. So you can achieve two things if you move a guy like Marcus Pedersen. You clear some salary cap space. You also open the door for one of your best prospects to jump in and finally see what he can do at the NHL level. So I think that would be a very obvious area the Penguins could subtract from is the left side of the blue line. Jason Zucker is another extremely difficult case. He was another guy that Jim Rutherford acquired, giving up a first-round pick and a good prospect to, to get. And he makes $5.3 million. He's on the last year of his deal. Himself, he admits he's not lived up to expectations as the goal-scoring top six winger he was supposed to be when he came in. So do the Penguins try to shop him? Probably. Do they consider a buyout? Maybe even they go that route if they really are desperate for salary cap space. But I think he definitely is a candidate um, worth, worth talking about right now in terms of a guy that could be subtracted in some form or fashion to create some salary cap space. 
Tremendous insight as always, Mike. Really appreciate you giving us some time. This has been another edition of the All 32 delivered by our friends at DoorDash. Promo codes at the bottom of the screen, DFODD or DFODDUS. Get you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. When anything happens in Pittsburgh, Mike will have it covered over at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Enjoy the next couple of weeks, Mike. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, which is brought to you by our friends over at PointsBet and PointsBet Canada, which is live now in Ontario. Uh, this one came in to us on Twitter using the hashtag AskDFOMike. And the initial question was asked, could the Islanders be a potential fit for a guy like Alex Debrinkat? It came in from Michael. You know, he's an Islanders fan. He wants them to make a big splash. What do you think of the idea of the Islanders potentially making that splash with Debrinkat? And also... Where are some other potential landing spots for the Blackhawks forward? Well, if the Islanders are going to have to do it, they're going to have to move somebody. And I basically look at Beauvillier first off. I mean, he's on our trade targets list that Frank Cervelli's put out recently. And I, I think you'd have to create space in New York for that to happen. And I love to bring it as a player. I just, I'm not sure with Lou Lamorello if that would be the route he would go, but all bets are off there. Other teams I would look at, uh, I mean, everybody, New Jersey's in the mix for everything with their cap space that yeah. they have. And and I think Philly would love to make a splash and grab a, a 40 plus goal scorer like to bring it. But you mentioned a team earlier. Uh, when we were make, talking about players, and that was the Los Angeles Kings for Fiala. Well, I think the Kings would be in on Dabrinkit as well. And for the reasons you mentioned, the Kings have first round of picks the next three seasons. They have a young talent pool to draw from if necessary. Uh, I think I could see Long or Los Angeles easily being in the mix here for Alex Dabrinkit. Yeah, I agree with you on the Islanders. I think they kind of have their own business they need to take care of first. You know, we mentioned a guy like Noah Dobson. He's an important piece of that core. He needs a new deal. And the Islanders would have to shed some salary as well, which means either you got to make some other deals first or you probably have to pay a little bit more to get the Blackhawks to take those deals. If I'm the Hawks, though, does it not make more sense to probably just wait until after something like the Kevin Fiala deal is done? We Just in us talking, we're kind of mentioning the same teams interested in the yeah, that would be interested in Fiala as well. So wait until that deal's done. I think you can make the argument the Hawks have the better player. I mean, Debrink, it's a 40-goal guy pretty much every year he's been in the league here. It makes sense, I think, if you're the Hawks, just sit back and go, let's see what the market does, and let's see if any of these teams get a little sweaty after they miss out on Fiala. Yeah, especially because this is this is almost similar to the, the Brandon Hagel sweepstakes where – you know, if you're the GM Kyle Davidson of the Chicago Blackhawks, you can sit on Debrinket a bit and you can wait for that best offer. It's not a pressing issue. So uh, I agree with you with the timing of it. Fiala might hold the keys to the market here. Um, but considering what Debrinket's worth, man, it'd be kind of surprising to not see him be moved before next season. Yeah, it would, it would be surprising. And you mentioned that they don't have to deal him, which is fascinating. It's not like he's a guy who's demanded his way out of the organization or a guy who said he's going to sit out next year if he isn't moved. So I even think the Hawks could wait until after the first or second day of free agency. Start going to some of these teams who maybe thought they had a shot at Johnny Goudreau or thought they had a shot at Philip Forsberg and a GM who's itching, feels like he needs to improve his team. You might be able to get an even better return for Debrinkat two weeks from now, I think. I love the poker of it, man. You're thinking ahead here, Tyler, but it's all true. I, I think that we can't really predict a timeline with Debrinket, um, but boy, he's got an awful lot of value. So if you're Kyle Davidson, you've got to think hard about that and the rebuild that's going on in Chicago. 
The other thing, if you're a contender, you're looking at a guy who scored 40 goals, whose cap hit is only six million bucks next year. And I know eventually he's going to need a new deal and that next deal will be expensive. But man, if you're the Hawks and you're willing to even keep half of it just for this upcoming season, think how long the list would grow of teams that could potentially or who would be saying they're going damn, we can squeeze this guy into our lineup now and he can help us win now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Alex DeBrinket situation plays out over the next few weeks. Let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time. Mike, what do you got? Well, this evening, we're going to see the Memorial Cup handed out. And it's the first time since 2019. Like, it's just another memory of a reason for us to realize how weird this world's been. Um, it's yeah. great to see, but it's also got some star power involved in it. I mean, uh, the St. John Sea Dogs are the host team. They had 39 days off between games. They actually fired their coach in advance of the Memorial Cup, which is crazy. Um, and, but they're playing against the Hamilton Bulldogs, coached by longtime NHL defenseman Jay McKee and the assistant coach, one of my favorite people in all of hockey, the Condor, Andrew Campbell. I love seeing him make a run. And when you look at Hamilton, they've got Mason McTavish on that club, third overall draft pick, had a cameo with the Anaheim Ducks to start the season, played nine games there. And uh, there, there's just a lot of talent across the board here with both of these clubs. And it'll be nice to see the Memorial Cup handed out once again. Of course, there's a lot of prestige that goes along with it. And the intrigue of it potentially being handed out on home ice in St. John. Pretty cool, Tyler. Yeah, one of the hardest trophies to win in all of sports, because not only do you have to win your own junior league in the WHL, OHL or the Q, you then need to beat the champions from those other leagues. So St. John's Hamilton going head to head. You mentioned McTavish. He has been just absolutely living up to the hype so far in this tournament. He's been unbelievable. The star, the Anaheim Ducks, they have another star on their hands in Nathan and Mason McTavish and a good chance to watch him on a big stage tonight in the Memorial Cup Finals. That's going to do it for another edition of the Daily Faceoff Show. Frank Cervalli and Matt Lorkin will be along tomorrow to break down all the latest news and rumors from around the NHL offseason. Until then, keep it locked on Daily Faceoff for all the analysis you need. We'll be back tomorrow, noon Eastern. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.